0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast. We made it to 17 episodes. I'm Mario DeRamis. I'm Eric Walker. We made it to 17 episodes.
1: Yes, we have.
0: All right, and obviously we got a lot to talk about today. On episode 17, we will talk about the NBA postponing games due to protests after Jacob Blake was shot. Seven times in the back by police officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yet again, another unarmed black man shot by police officers in the United States of America. Obviously, this is something that's not new. Uh, Something that's been going on. Something that, obviously, 2016 it was a big deal when Colin Kaepernick obviously was uh, publicized or guess. He kind of drew a lot of attention by taking the knee. Uh, he and several other NFL players, um, they were standing up against uh, just that police brutality in America against people of color. So, Eric, just to see the same narrative playing out over and over again, uh, kind of the big story was NBA players in the bubble basically canceling the playoff games just on August 26th and August 27th due to Jacob Blake being shot in the back as a protest Uh, but uh, what they said was that they will resume with playoff games uh, and we'll get more information on that as it comes But so how do you feel about the whole situation at hand?
1: Man um, where to start? Uh, first and foremost, um, that was a senseless shooting. Uh, you talk about an arm, unarmed man who just got finished breaking up a fight. Um, yes, you know, there's there's people that's going to say he was resisting. He was walking across the car to the other side of the car and resisting with an officer holding his, his him by his shirt and grabbing him by his back. But yet, an unarmed black man is being shot multiple times in the back, not threatening an officer. It is sad. It is disturbing. It's like nothing has never changed. We continue to go through the same thing. Year after year after year, reliving what our ancestors fought for. Yes, we're, we're not slaves, but we still are dealing with slave mentalities from the other races towards the black community. And we have to do better as a community, as a country, to move forward. And it starts with training of the police. It starts with education of the police. It starts with making sure the psychological mind of these police officers are there. Oftentimes we get police officers that are that have came from war they're dealing with PTSD they're dealing with psychological issues we're putting them in positions where they're patrolling neighborhoods that they're scared of how can you patrol a neighborhood that you're scared of that you're you feel threatened That a black man with his back turned is threatening you? That you felt that, oh, let me shoot him seven times? Like one wasn't enough? Not let's go get my taser. Hey, come get me back up. There's multiple cops there. That's a problem. It is sad that we continue to deal with it. It is sad that people... Of other races will sit here and say well he didn't comply with them okay I I get that he didn't comply but I don't get him being shot seven times in the back had they taken him to jail because he didn't comply okay I get it you didn't comply do what you gotta do take him down Let's not shoot him in the back. Let's not stand on his neck for twenty-seven seconds. Let's, hey, let's detain him the right way, and let's get him down to the to to the wherever they take him, whether it's their justice center of some sort, and and, and let's talk about the situation then. We continue to have these types of situations. In our country, and it's sad. They had a 17-year-old kid walk down the street in Wisconsin with multiple other people that is white, with multiple guns on him, multiple ammo, and allow this this kid. To kill two people and have some another one have his arm amputated because he shot them, but yet again, people of color are dealing with issues. Why is that? You know what I mean. We we should not have to. If that was a black kid, we know would have happened, right? And, and, it, and it's just very, very sad that to see that happen, and he get taken in custody with no scratch. Did he comply? Maybe. Okay. But he wasn't even—he's not even registered to carry a firearm. He's not even of age to. Had that been a black man, they would at least ask him for his ID. They would have tried to figure out if he had a license for that gun. It's just mind blowing, bro. Um, it is very, very mind blowing. Um, but, but, but to the NBA, I, I, I like what you're doing. Let's hit them pockets when you can hit them pockets. Um, I, I get that they're gonna they're gonna resume, but now it's these these owners. You you, you got to do more and you for the people who sit here and think what the hell is these these millionaire sports players protesting for cuz they from most of these are from our communities that we grew up in the communities that this is happening to and they got to get in touch with their million and billion dollar owners and these sponsors and put some pressure on our judicial system. People say, well, what does that do? If you don't know by now, money rules this country. Power is money in this country. This country is not ran by us. We, We help make some small decisions by voting, which we need to do. But the big wigs of this country is these big company corporations, these CEO guys that run these this run this country. When this country says how jump, when they say when they tell the country to jump, the country says how high. Because they rule it. And if you don't believe it, you're a goddamn dumbass. So you start with the owners. You start with ESPN and Disney because it's hitting their pockets. You start with TNT and Turner, and Turner Sports, because it's hitting their pockets. They have projections of having all these games and, and having a bunch of views. Now they look, even tonight, ESPN got to continue to roll something just to have something because they ain't got nothing to show. That starts. That it starts there. We got to start at the top. We can't. We can't stop. Start at the bottom no more. Our people have been marching for years. That's starting at the bottom. I'm glad. It shows that a lot of these other sports outside of NBA, we had WNBA. We had tennis step up yesterday. We had MLS step up as well. Um, We had NFL team like Detroit Lions step up and say, hey, we we, we ain't going to practice. I think three or four other teams did it as well today. We ain't going to practice. We need to figure something else out. Um, NHL did it today, which was a, kind of a little shocker because they they played through the yesterday when every other sport kind of canceled. And I was just like, man, I, 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 <laughs> we 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 know who's the predominant race in, in in NHL, and for them to play yesterday, I was like, okay, let's see what they gonna do tomorrow. So I'm glad they, they took a stand as well. Um, but we got to do better, bro.
0: Yeah, no, I no, uh, You know, the, the crazy thing, you know, you brought up about the 17-year-old uh, white kid who had the uh, AR-15. Uh, the fact that, you know, that we even have to question if he were black, would he have been able to do that? When we already know the answer. But it's crazy because you look back. And you remember uh, when a 12-year-old boy, Tamir Rice, was killed for having a toy gun. Right. So, not not a, a real assault rifle walking across the street, but he just had a, like a play gun and was killed because the cops said that he thought that it, it was a real gun. So, I don't think anybody has to question, what if the, the kid were black? We know what it would happen. Trayvon Martin was killed for walking around with a hoodie up at night. And when Zimmerman went on trial, he was found not guilty. So it's black, black kids out here, black people in general being killed for a whole lot less. And I saw some people on Twitter saying that, uh, Jacob Blake had a knife. Jacob Blake didn't have a knife. I watched the video several times. did not once did i not once did i see a knife in his hand while he was walking around to uh to get into his car and people were saying well he could have went into his car to get a weapon he could have or maybe he was grabbing something out of his car something else you you saying that he was resisting arrest or he was not complying it's four officers there you telling me four officers cannot detain one man if four if four of them couldn't detain that one person, they shouldn't be cops.
1: Man, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the these cops is I mean, I'm sorry for using the word. They, 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 like, you scared. It, I'm sorry to go and interrupt you, but it it bothers me because the, the always the first go to is I feel threatened how why why is it that black people oh let me
0: phrase that why is it that white people feel so threatened by us because that's what they're taught they no i'm just being real that's like if you look at it historically that's what other not even just white people but that's what other cultures and races are taught about black people is that we are violent that we are enraged and that we are very physical people when in reality, I mean, we can be that way. But and when it comes down to the surface of just the black community, we are a very laid back community, very understanding, very forgiving, which that's one thing that's very underrated about black people in general. The, for the African-American community race to have gone through it as much as we have, we've done a whole lot for this country. We damn near built the country, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> and we're able to still be okay with uh, with the 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 race that enslaved our people, because we don't hold that against them. We're just looking for equality till this day. Say it again. So. I mean, it's, and, and that's crazy because if if you uh, watched or even were just on social media, you would see that a lot of people stepped up. Chris Webber had a lot of, you know, he had a very strong message that he came out and displayed uh, on TNT on Inside the NBA. Er, um uh, Kenny Smith, he left the set of the show.
1: Right. Yeah that that was that was huge.
0: When I when I saw that, bro, it gave me chills. And that wasn't, like, scripted. Like, nope. Like, he literally just took his microphone off and said, I'm I'm standing with the players on this, and I can't be here today.
1: That gave me chills, bro. That really gave me chills. To see him just flat out sit there and say, listen, here, um, <clears throat> I, I can't do this. These guys are not doing it. I'm not going to do it. There's nothing to report. We, we know what we're going
0: through. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, just to put it simply, man, we still are... we still carrying the the emotional scars from everything that's happened to us in the past. And every time that another unarmed black person is killed for n- no reason, it's just adding... It's, it's another wound that we have to hold. Yeah, because then the, the question is... When is like now we're just waiting for the next person to happen. The next incident.
1: Yep. And it's so crazy, like <clears throat> it takes the DOJ for them to find out who the officer was and to release this information. Not that area of police say, Hey, this this guy was the guy who shot and paralyzed this man. But to sit here and say, "You're not gonna comply basically and uh, and make the d o j come in and and take ownership that that's sad that is very, very sad, and that just shows you that they protect their own, and that's all they care about
0: well, not and this is the this is the thing that we also have to uh take into account and be very mindful of, usually in a case like this the victim would die right you, you look at it uh, in history the cop usually kills the person this time the person lived so the thing that i want to know what happens when he makes a recovery and he's able to you know speak and go forward and talk to people in the press because then we get to hear his side of the story. What was going on? What was going through his mind? What was happening? Because that's the one thing. we The only thing that we heard was that he was breaking up a fight. Or he had just broken up a fight. And, and usually when you're in that situation, you have a lot of things going through your mind. There's an, a lot of adrenaline built up. So we don't know. exactly. And then if he goes in and he says, yeah, I was going. To, like what if his car was on? And he said, I was going to turn my car off. Bro. like it's, it's so many it's so many questions that are gonna be answered and that'll give us more information on what we need to know and it's really not looking good for for the police in this case
1: his kids were in the car that is the worst
0: scene that a child can see. Yeah, no, it's just like the guy who uh, in Minnesota. Remember, he got shot in front of his girlfriend in the head. And this—that was just a—he's a, got stopped by a cop. Normal procedure, license registration. The cop said that he thought he was about to pull a weapon out.
1: Bro, <clears throat> I'm a guy that's an upstanding citizen. I haven't done no wrong. I have some drinks from occasions on time to time. I treat people with respect. And I'll tell you this. It is sad that I. Fuck. I feel like I can go in Chicago. In the thick of the thins. And be alright. And be comfortable. But when you talk about. A cop getting behind me in the car, knowing I ain't had, I ain't done nothing, knowing I ain't got nothing, no no illegal arms on, no drugs, no no nothing. I'm not going to sell nothing, but I still get paranoid because I know what it comes when I'm a black man in
0: America. Yeah, I mean. Sh- I won't lie. I got stories. You know what I mean? Like, being stopped for running the yellow light. Got stopped one time. Literally, driving home after studying for an exam. The cop pulls me over and asks me what I was doing in the neighborhood. Give me my license and registration. He looks at my license, sees my address, and then just says, I was just checking to see what you were doing.
1: Oh, I've had that in Springfield Township. They... I was dating a girl, you know, for probably 10, 15, probably 15, almost close to 20 years ago. I had a car, an old car. It wasn't beat up, but it was clean on the outside. I, you know, I had some wheels. I was young. I was like 19, 20 years old. Dog, <laughs> he says, "What are you, what are you doing over here? Say, well, I'm coming to visit my my girlfriend at the time. Is there a problem, officer? Um, I just see your car around here often. Okay, my my girl lives, me and and her serious, and I'm coming over her crib. I I just want to make sure uh, you lived over this way or not, because I, I was wondering what you were doing over here frequently. Like what? Like it, it 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 is a free country for me to come over here and kick
0: it. Yeah. You
1: ain't you ain't seen me doing no wrong.
0: Yeah, which I mean, you know, it's crazy because I always, you know, I don't think any white person ever has to worry about going into a predominantly black neighborhood and saying, "Oh man, I hope I don't get stopped today." Like I don't think that's even a thing.
1: The only ones that do is is that if they are going to buy something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and and, and obviously they're they're probably saying oh I don't get stopped today because they they (laughs) want to buy some drugs
0: yeah and and you know it's crazy like the, the fact that just as black men even though you know we've never had any run ins or incidences with the law because you know it's just that's not our thing but the fact that we have to you know worry about being stopped because it could just be a routine stop and it could turn into a a homicide.
1: Facts. That's what majority of these are. They're routine stops. Hey, your light is out. Hey, your um your your brake light is out. Hey, you you ran a stop sign. Hey, the turn signal wasn't working. Like <laughs> that 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 is. I can't believe it. I, I just can't believe that we continue to go through this these times right now. Um, and I'm willing to do anything at this point to you know um, to what I can do to try to push anything forward. So that so that
0: yeah. And speaking of pushing things forward, just because I know uh, with today's episode we're on a little bit of a time crunch, uh, we just need want to dive into the uh, some NBA talk. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's definitely a conversation we can continue to have going forward. Uh, but NBA talk, you know, with the playoffs resuming, obviously one thing that came to mind. Last time we did this podcast, we talked about how the Lakers needed to improve, and they did. You know, and it was just crazy because it was the day after Kobe Bryant's birthday on, uh, on August 24th. When they played, it was a game four, I believe, and man, that Lakers team looks scary. that's the Lakers team I think everybody's been looking forward to showing up
1: yeah it's it's crazy bro i I got a call from Kyle, <laughs> like the next that night out the next day after the pod last week, and uh he was like, bro, what's up and uh I'm like, I I knew once he listened to the pod, he was going to come for smoke for me. And a lot of it, it was just in that way. I guess I talked about LeBron James and I I had some, 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 some words about him, but, but let's be, let it be known. A lot of those words were, I can't, we, you can't think that you're going to just turn some shit on. And B, playoff LeBron. And knowing that not only after this situation we just had in, in, in Wisconsin, that we've been dealing with this situation for a while. And we've also saw that LeBron is basically um, trying to take a lead in some sort to try to push anything forward that he can. So I, I, I looked at it from a perspective of, you know, like, be ready not not have to get ready and uh I'll tell you what even game three but even more game three and four to be honest they turned it around they looked a lot better and it, it and it starts on the defensive end they played a hell of a defense don't get me wrong dame is injured right Dame I don't think is gonna play next game um but they play great defense. They played great defense. They shot the ball well. They communicated well. That's what I wanted to see. I don't want to see them. Okay, they. I don't want to see them winning a the game and LeBron James has ten points. You, you got to be aggressive, bro. And he came out game three and game four and was aggressive. And some of it, I think, especially game four, was that extra motivation. It's Kobe Bryant. We're wearing the Black Mama jerseys. We got Gigi on our jersey. Her number. Um, what it means to Kobe to to, to probably play at the the level that he played at. All of that is there, and, and I just want him to know that. Continue to play that way. Stay ready and go. If 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 everything's gonna go fine and you guys are gonna continue to play. Make sure your, your guys are always ready. Let's go get that championship because that's what Kobe would do.
0: Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. and I think, you know, the one thing for LeBron, LeBron always thrives off having that motivating factor. And I think just putting that Kobe, you know, that, that Black Mama jersey on it definitely added a lot of fuel to the fire for him. And it was very emotional for him to do especially considering how close he and Kobe were. Now just the thing. How do you continue through that? And then also this, what happens in the next round? You know what I mean? Because this Blazers team, while I think they are a very, very good team, I also think that the Clippers are scary good. And Kawhi looks like he can kind of turn it on when he wants to, on yeah. both sides, offense and defense. Yeah, Kawhi
1: does. I think the thing that, you know, hurt the Clippers for a while was – they had horrible play in Paul George. He'll probably give you a good night defensively, um, but he was giving you a bad night offensively. I think we're they're in game what five?
0: Yeah, but until the last game though. Until football.
1: the last game, he 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 went off. But I think game what the game one through three or game one through four, I think it was. He was like four for like I mean ten for like forty eight shooting. That is absolutely horrible.
0: Yeah, they said it was like the lowest shooting percentage since Bob Cousy, in like <laughs> 1961.
1: Like that for, is. A, yeah,
0: for an NBA player.
1: Right, especially at his caliber, right? Um, He was a guy that I looked at that was going to be one of those best two way players.
0: Which, after, I mean, he after, still can after, be.
1: After, after Kobe Bryant, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, Kawhi is taking that step. Yeah. Um, I think because of his injury, and I don't know if it's because of his injury or hell if it's because he left the Pacers, but his play has changed on an offensive end. His confidence looks different since he was with the Pacers as well. So th- that's what I mean when I say, like, I thought he was on his way to dominance, and I think he, he's he's had a scale back. But um, the Clippers are going to be scary if he continues to play like he plays
0: yeah, I mean, as far as the rest of the West goes, well, I still think it's a a very tough conference. I just those are the best two teams if I'm looking at it. Like Dallas has Luka, and Luca is scary good. But Luca, he won't be able to he won't be able to get past this Clippers team. I would still think that 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 Mavericks team, though, if they build upon what they have now you can look out into like 2 or 3 years.
1: And hey, the Clippers tried to play bully ball against that Luka, man. And and shout out to Luka, man. You 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 held it down, boy. You did what you have had to do. They tried to bully you. You fought back and for the most part you held your own and carried your team. You know what I mean? And yeah, you lost KP, Kristoff. I mean, y- y'all going y'all going to be they're going to be good. They're going to be a team to reckon. For some years, if they can keep those pieces together.
0: Yeah, that's why I said if they can build upon that foundation that yep. they have right now, I, I think they're in good hands, you know. Uh, and it's just crazy. I always, I always, I'm curious to see who is going to be kind of the players to uh, stick around, you know what I mean, for that run. Yeah. But too. I think, like Tim Hardaway, I think that's a guy you can have as a very good six man, you know what I mean?
1: Curry, I think that's a really good bench player as well, even possibly a starter. But uh I mean he, he you need that shooting to stretch the floor. And he does that. He does that.
0: Yeah, and he's actually he's not he's not a bad defender in his own right either. No, he's
1: not. He's not. He's not at all. Um how about those uh the Bucks. They did well. Um they've been playing at a at a better level. Uh they they, they had some run ins, I guess, a little bit where they Kept letting the uh, magic come back, but they look
0: pretty decent. Yeah, but Conference. yeah, I, I think that that series, I think uh that series is over. Yeah. Uh, but you know, one thing I will say, I was wrong about the Sixers. Woo! I was wrong about the Sixers. Woo! Boston took care of business. Sixers going home now. The question everybody's asking is, who's got to go? Joe ellen Embiid or Ben Simmons? Now, if it were me, I'm running the team. I, and I had to let either one of them go. I'm gonna I'm gonna trade Ben out, ladies and gentlemen. I will trade Ben out and I'll I'll, I'll center my team around Joel Embiid. No pun intended.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, y'all see how I set this man up? I talked about the Milwaukee Bucks, the hope that he was gonna go ahead and say I was wrong.
0: Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, because Seventy Sixers Joel Embiid didn't get it done. Yeah, no, and and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll admit to it. But do I still believe in this Celtics team? No, absolutely not. I think I don't know if if they're gonna be the like the who the the Heat. I would think the Heat would be like the next team in line to to take a run, either the the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. But Kim-
1: Kimball bought out that series too. Yeah, okay. he,
0: he did. Yeah, but I just I don't know if that team is showing me enough personally. To believe that they can go to the finals. Okay. And I know you like Tatum. You really. I have no. I have no issue. I have no issue with Tatum. I think Jalen Brown has a higher ceiling, but I have no issue with with Jason Tatum. But I guess we'll see what happens next round of the playoffs. Back back to yeah. Back to back to Philly though.
1: Um, I think you're wrong on that as well. I'll tell you this. I, I say you keep Ben Simmons. I say you keep Joel Embiid.
0: I said if you had to like either one of them go. I,
1: I don't even think you you make that choice. the 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 right person to go is gone. And oh, that's the
0: head coach. I strongly disagree. Huh? I I like Brett Brown. I think Brett Brown is a, is a very good coach. I think that one thing that one thing that was really the issue there. That third guy. I don't know if Tobias Tobias Harris is not going to be the third guy that you need on the championship roster.
1: You sure thought he was that third guy. But, I, but no, no, no. But, but I'm going to tell you this. I think the problem with the 76ers come at the head coach. And here's why. They would have had Jimmy Butler if it wasn't for him. They had a better coach there. They, they would have had Jimmy Butler. You can't, and he he never got this team. He got his team for once, right? They went what to? The, it was the Eastern Conference, or close to the Eastern Conference. Finals? They went
0: to the Eastern Conference Finals, and that was it, right? They, they 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 were one game away from the championship game. Oh, that
1: in that same year, right? Yeah. Outside of that, what have you done to progress?
0: They got worse, right? Yeah, but they couldn't look. Jimmy Jimmy Butler left, but it wasn't necessarily because of Brett Brown. I think it was exclusively. Though. No, because he said he said that you can go listen to the uh, JJ Redick podcast, but he also made a mention of Ben Simmons being too passive. He said Ben Simmons was too soft. In other words,
1: yeah, I, I mean, I, I think
0: along, but j- but
1: I, I think along with all the stuff that happened, I think Miami just. Was more of an attractive team for him to go to, right? But, but what I'm saying is this: is I think if they had a better coach there, we would see different results.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you two things, right? He chose Miami for two different reasons, in my opinion, and I don't blame him. And neither one of them were
1: probably completely re- are, uh, uh, well. We can reasons re- why of the 76 sixers.
0: Well, we can say we can say three things, and one of them it will be a knock against Philly. Miami has a championship caliber head coach in Eric Spoelstra. Two, Florida is a tax-free state. Facts. Three, he could go to the Miami Heat and be the premier player. Going to Philly, you're – he – I mean, no disrespect to Jimmy Butler because I, the guy's a superstar, in my opinion. I think that we kind of undervalue him as a superstar. But when you're talking about name recognition – Ben Simmons had a lot of hype coming into the NBA, so they're still going to put Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler when they talk about the Philadelphia 76ers when he was there. They were still talking about Joel Embiid because he was a young phenom who was drafted number three overall by the organization. A lot of people think he's the future of the NBA, but in reality, were they bigger than Jimmy Butler? Did they have a, a huger impact on the game? No, they didn't. And Jimmy, I think Jimmy Butler kind of took recognition of that. And he knew that he could go to Miami, have a possibility to be the premier player, have no tax taken away from his checks. State tax. State tax. And also, he will be able to compete for a championship knowing the type of coach that they already have in place and what his expectations are for their (laughs) For for them to compete year in and year out,
1: yeah, and that's what I was gonna say is like they're that's a championship caliber organization. When you talk about some of the things that they do, is next level. It's um it's encouraging and it's 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 pushing the team to to do more. Um, and what I mean by that is there's one rule that they have, and I can't remember the exact number, but it's a percentage of body fat. That is a requirement for that organization. You have to be at a, a certain percentage of body fat. And if you're not, it's going to be consequences for that.
0: You think Shaq met those expectations in 2005?
1: No. And I, <laughs> I, and I don't know. I,
0: Did they give Shaq a pass?
1: I don't know if Shaq got a pass, but I, or I don't know if that was something that was just kind of done in the, in the past recent. But I, I know... Um, well, while LeBron James was there that that was implemented and you saw LeBron get his probably the slimmest he's probably ever been in his career with Miami that's where it started Cleveland when he was with Cleveland he was, he wasn't he was a bigger guy
0: when he went back to Cleveland though he got smaller remember
1: he was, he was smaller because he was already in Miami went back, that stint with Miami yeah so the second stint and he's continued to do that realizing that playing heavier is not always a good thing um, and and I think that that's a credit to his longevity and how he really hasn't had any issues with his body going up until now. You know what I mean? He had a couple, but those those are going to happen at some point. You've been in the league fifteen plus years playing consistently at a high level. It's going to happen at some point. Um, but yeah, they they they, they have regimens like that where it's, it that 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 creates a winning culture. You know what I mean? Like hey, we we got to be honest if you. Same when D. Wade left Cleveland and went back after he left Chicago and went to Cleveland and went back. Pat Riley said, "Hey, dude, that's the last time you have a stack of pancakes," because he knew what it what it, what it what it stands for to be in the Miami organ- with the Miami organization and taking care of his body. Right.
0: But so with Brett Brown gone now from Philly, who do you think is is a, a viable candidate for them to uh, hire? Up in, in Philadelphia to kind of take on that project.
1: You got Tyron Lu. You got Jason Kidd as two guys that come to my mind. Um, you definitely got uh um uh Tibbs. Oh not not Tibbs, uh teasdale Tisdale. That's another guy that I think that could come in and uh, right away. Oh,
0: Fisdale. David
1: Fisdale. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Fisdale. Yeah, you you got Fizzdale that can come in and 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 do what he did. Fisdale was on his way of doing some things with New York, but I think it was just a bad – that's a bad organization, and uh, I think it needed they, – they needed a lot more, and he just ran out of time a little bit.
0: Well, the thing about New York is New York is a tough – it's going to be a tough job. So and – and I don't even know how long Tibbs is going to last depending upon what they let him do and how much control they give him. You know, and that like that plays a part. Uh, but I, I will agree with you. So for Philly, I, I think Jason Kidd is a name that people we should look for because I think that's a that would be a great fit for him. One because I think he is a really good coach, and I mean he is a guy who's been around star players. He knows how to kind of knows how to manage all types of players. But I think it'll be great for the growth of Ben Simmons as a player individually. So Tyron Lue, I kind of see differently. I think Tyron Lue is a good coach in a sense, but at in, in the same time, can't, do we give a lot of his credit on coaching success to LeBron? Because the the way that I've always seen it, LeBron usually kind of coaches the teams that he's playing at. and, and I don't want to give him full credit to say you know what I mean in that instance. I, I, I hate, but no it, it, that. It, Okay, no, you, you can you can, understand you You may not like that, but if you look at it historically, it's the truth. How? Look at all his past coaches, right? How many of them are current NBA coaches, uh, head coaches today? Okay. So while he was there, a lot of weeks outside of Mike Brown, because he basically had Mike Brown can, and Mike Brown didn't get another head coaching job.
1: No, he did. Mike Brown went to the Lakers. Oh, that's
0: right. He did go to the Lakers. And what did he do there? He he failed. Yeah. Okay. But So, out of all his coaches, how many of them, or outside of Eric Spolstra, none of them are head coaches today? Okay. And after he left, what happened to the team?
1: All right. I think you're going where I'm about to go. I mean, you're going where Cal always goes. The team goes to shit because most of the time the roster is shit. When he when he left when he left Cleveland, if you look at his deals in the guys that he have around him, a lot of those teams that he has, especially the Cleveland stint, the the second time, the Miami stint, a lot of those teams had deals that expired. When he his contract expired. So when they got guys back, when they got Brung back, when they brought guys in, they brought guys on one year, two year deals, and it was towards his to the his end of his contract with them. Right? So in that sense, yes, a team's gonna go to shit to a certain extent because now you don't even have guys. You gotta go field the with free agents of guys that you really some of these guys probably shouldn't even be on maybe an NBA roster, right? Some of these guys would be in the D-League maybe. You got guys that you got to start that shouldn't even be a starter
0: in the league. Yeah, but See, it, it happened to Cleveland. Yeah, if you look at his first stand with Cleveland after he left, there was there I mean, it was pretty much the same team. Mo Williams was still there because Mo Williams was the second best player on that team, correct? Mo Williams went to an all-star game. Trash, bro. But they look this is a team that LeBron also took to a championship game. So I understand that it wasn't a great, but a, a great coach can always find a way.
1: Oftentimes a lot of these coaches fall on their their guy. Right? They they lean on their guy to do what they need him to do. And when you talk about uh the that first Cleveland stint. And you talk about the Miami stint. Uh, LeBron James was carried a lot, right? He did a lot. He was a defender. He 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 was a he was a rebounder. He he done he did a lot in his career, and that hampers you as a coach because it looks bad of you as a coach because when he leaves, you don't do well and you don't succeed. But you've always had this crutch that you can lean on him to do what you need him to do. Not not asking him to coach, but you can lean on him to get a stop when you need to get a stop.
0: Get a rebound when you need to get a rebound. That is so easy to coach, right? When you got a guy like that. Yeah, no, and I won't disagree with you because I look, I'm I'm not saying that Tyron Lu can't be a, a a good coach, but I'm saying as far as his fit with Philadelphia I'm just I'm not sure of it and this is why I say that because I don't know if he can go in because their expectation is to win now right their expectation is not to okay we still we got to rebuild or we're still building on things no we got our guys we got to win now right and I don't know if putting him there but maybe being with the Clippers learning more from Doc Rivers maybe Maybe that's putting him in a position where he's learning more and he's becoming a, that coach. But a lot of people will say this too. It's a name out there who's also with the uh, Clippers uh, coaching staff, Sam Cassell. A lot of people are saying gonna Sam say- Cassell yeah. is going to be the next guy to take that leap.
1: He deserves a job. I, I'm, I'm all for that. But there's also another job that's out there available as well, and that's the Denver Nuggets job. D-
0: Denver Nuggets? Isn't the different Nuggets job available? Did they fire Mike Malone? I think they did. I saw Nate McMillan got fired. Nate McMillan got fired from from the Pacers. From
1: the Pacers, which I thought was no, no, no. I'm I'm sorry. It was Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan got fired. Um, but that's also a good job to have. I, I can't. I, I, I'm I'm mind blown that he got fired though.
0: He just got an extension. Which was crazy to me. So, yeah, I'm sorry, I was thrown off when you said the, the Nuggets. Yeah, no, I was man, like, I'm oh. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, which is crazy because I looked at, and I, I had to read it like three times to make sure that I was looking at it correctly. But when they said that uh, Nate McMillan was uh, fired by the Pacers, I'm like, they just gave him an extension like at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, they gave him an extension and fired him in the same year.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I guess people get promotions at work and then get fired. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> no, people do. It happens. It happens. People get promoted and then get fired because something happens. You know what I mean? What did this? Ah, uh, What did he do? He just took out to the playoffs. What a terrible team. Yeah, and, and this, look, this is. This I won't say it's a terrible team, but it's a team with Victor Oladipo just coming back off of injury. He didn't play all, all most majority of the it's, year though. Yeah, right? he didn't play majority of the year. Still kind of getting his legs back under him. T.J. Warren just so happened to really carry the, the burden on the team for most of the year as a scorer. And you got him for pennies. And then Sabonis, who got hurt, who was the, the uh, all-star power forward slash center. Like so, I mean, what were the what were the realistic expectations for the Pacers going into? And that's what I really want to know. And that was
1: that was kind of what I was going to say. I'm glad you said That it was kind of what I was going to say to you about Seventy Sixers.
0: These teams got to be high They got to have realistic expectations. No, but that's crazy because, like you said, that the Brett Brown. Because a lot of people feel that way about the Brett Brown firing. Like they felt like that was the right move. Yes. It like is. while I don't agree, I understand. Like I don't have to agree with everything that happens yeah. w- with the organization, but I also I like to understand things. That I understood because I felt like look, it's champion it's championship or bust. We either gotta we either gonna be the team or you ain't gonna be here.
1: Yeah, and in the in the league, your star players are never gonna be the first to go.
0: Yeah, no. Because chances are they can find a better coach to replace you than they can find a better player to replace them. Facts. And that's just—I mean—that's how organizations think. I—something I, came
1: to my mind real quick. I'm sorry to bounce around, but you—you you talked about uh, LeBron James and him being kind of like the dominant guy. I mean, him being a coach. Yeah. Um, uh, and kind of you know the 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 coaches being a crutch, him the him being a crutch for the coaches to a certain extent,
0: right? Yeah, to a certain extent. How do you feel about Phil Jackson? I feel like Phil Jackson was very good at managing talent. I mean,
1: I mean, you could... Is, is Phil Jackson the best coach to ever coach the game?
0: Is he the greatest coach to ever... A lot of people say that because he has 11 rings.
1: I'm asking you He has questions. 10 as the coach. You, you're dancing right now. I'm not dancing. I'm just... I'm. Is Phil Jackson the greatest
0: coach of all time? In my opinion, Phil Jackson is not the best coach of all time. If we're talking basketball coach. If we're talking about... I think he's one of the greatest coaches because I think one of the one of the things that people don't really factor in is how hard it is to coach guys with big... Like, Michael Jordan knew he was the best player of all. You know, he knew he was the best player in the league. But he needed somebody to manage that. While Doug Collins was a very good coach for him, Phil kind of brought out the best in him. Same with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. I think that that was going to... That was going to end sooner than it did had it not been for Phil Jackson. But Phil was able to really manage the locker room and manage those egos. And I also think that he he brought more to he brought more out of them. But I don't think he was the best coach. Like X's and O's, no, I don't think Phil Jackson. Was, I don't think he was the who, best. Who do you coach. who do you have better? If I'm talking X's and O's, guys, George Call was coach, coach of all uh, co- coach greatest coach of all time. Uh I, I don't know. I, I really I don't know if you could put me on spot with that one. But I think like George Carl will be somebody I'd be like that's the guy who was a great coach if we're talking X's and O's. Nah, I, I'm not gonna I
1: mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say George I, Carl is up.
0: there. And I also think Pat Riley. Pat Riley if you're talking about a guy with X like we're talking X's and O's. Pat I'll Re- say Pat
1: Riley. Uh I think um George Carl defensively just lacked yeah. X's and O's. So I, w- I won't say George Carl.
0: I, I don't know about that. I think if you look at a lot of work that he did in uh, Seattle in his early years, I think that you would disagree.
1: Yeah, but I, I think when, when you talk about the talented team that he had, the talented team that he had with Denver, yeah, and not getting enough defensive uh, presence from a star like Melo, um and cr- quite frankly a lot of the other players that were there right um they got it from chauncey billows but that was chauncey was chauncey chauncey has always been that guy defensively he's gonna lock in and he's gonna be your, your point guard um, and it got it from Kenyon Martin, but that was already in Kenyon Martin DNA as well.
0: Well, that's the thing though. Like with Melo, that wasn't in Melo's DNA. If you look at it, even in Syracuse, really, I mean, because if you think about the way that the Syracuse zone is set up, it's really all. You, honestly, it's the two guards up top are going. They have to be the strongest, strongest pieces, right?
1: Not to a certain extent. I mean, you, you – and, and, nah, nah, and I mean,
0: you just have to be able to stay on assignment because I mean the defense is already built in. You're,
1: you're, you're. Yes and no. Your, your 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 bottom guys the the two outside guys on the three on the on the 2 3 zone at the bottom also have to be strong guys they have to be able to rotate they got to be able to yeah, yeah. they they, they got to be move as well when the ball gets swung they got to go to the ball they got to come down and get in outside side if they need to they got to make sure that they um or checking a guy if he comes up top to the high post. So I mean, there's a lot of
0: there's a lot of. Yeah, but, I, but I'm I'm talking about who has to be the strongest, like the strongest pieces in that I think defensive the, setup. I think those
1: those two guys, the, the weakest link is, could be your your fucking center. Yeah, I mean because he's big and he, he really don't have to move a lot. Yeah, but and you got you times, really
0: got like two positions that you have to be in.
1: Right, but a lot of times the 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 the, the, the two outside guys on the three the three down and then the two up top, they got to move. They got to – when a ball gets swung, which gets swings often in a 2-3 zone, you got to be able to move and get to your spot, close out, and be able to – are you going to get shot on or are they going to drive by you? Yeah. And I think Mello did a decent job at that in college. But I, I just feel that I think Melo, there there's a there's a way to challenge a guy like Mello, And I think that when you talk about coaches, when you talk about how – Uh, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson I think Kobe Bryant and, and Michael Jordan got the Phil brought the best out of them you know what I mean and that's something that is beyond x's and o's and if you can't do that I think that is the hardest part of coaching you got to when when you talk about be, getting a, a guy on your team to buy into you to understand that you're going to challenge them to the limits that they've never been challenged before and they understand that you know what that means that that guy will run through a brick wall for you so it's nothing that you can say that's going to harm him to the point where he's not going to perform at a very high level
0: so, who, so with that being said, who do you think is the greatest basketball coach of all time? I think Phil Jackson is it. I'm saying like college and professional both.
1: Uh, when you talk about college and professional, I think Coach K is up there. Coach K. Um, you you got Dean Smith. Those are guys who brought the best out of guys. Yeah, but so, so don't who, get me wrong; they've they've had great talent, but. There's other coaches who've had great talent as well. It's what you do with that talent. You talk about Doug Collins and had Doug Collins having Michael Jordan. And there's a big difference between Michael Jordan with Doug Collins and Michael Jordan with Phil Jackson in the one-year span.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, what we can say is the biggest difference in that one year was Scottie Pippen, probably. Not to say that, not to discredit what Phil did, but Scotty stepped up big time. But I think a lot of it does contribute to phil jackson so no i mean i i, I won't disagree with you uh, but i don't know the only reason i ask you that because people always look at me funny when i tell them like m- my personal opinion who i think is the greatest basketball coach of all time i think is rick patino i love rick patino like don't ask me why i'm just I, i've always been a huge guy that's been sold on patino i think it's the fact that he every every single game, no matter what game, he has his guys play full court press on defense, and he and he gets the absolute best out of his players, no matter if it's a three star guy or a five star guy, he's gonna treat them the same exact way.
1: I I like the grit that that Patino has. I like the Patino, and there's one other coach that gets the best out of guys at the college level. They don't care if it's a five star, one star, two star, three star. Or a four star.
0: Bob Huggins. And, and that's
1: Bob Huggins. Those guys are grit. They're gonna they're gonna be in your face. They're gonna yell at you. They they gonna get the best out of their g- I like coaches to get the best out of their guys because anybody can really pick up X's and O's to a certain extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you have a staff at the college or the professional level, your X's and O's guys can be your assistant guys. Like like Quietest Cap, I mean a lot of X's and O's from a Phil Jackson standpoint is a credit to Tex
0: winner as well. Yeah. But who, who actually created the triangle offense.
1: Right. So, you know what I mean? Like to a certain extent, yes. And I get it. You're only as good as your staff is to a certain extent, but when you get guys to buy in, like these coaches get the guys to buy in, it is very absolutely hard to, to when it comes down to the crunch time, to beat those teams because they understand mentally they've already been tested there, and they know what it takes to win.
0: Yeah, so you know NBA uh, obviously going to be shaping up uh, when they get ready to resume. I'll be interested to see what happens there. Uh, but just before we get out of here, uh, I know it's something that you want to tap into. Uh, we won't have to stay on it too long, but within the NFL, obviously, uh, a lot of teams had chose to. I had chosen to postpone or go without uh, practice. But, you know, one thing we are doing is getting closer to the NFL season. And as the time comes, uh, you know, one team that uh, you had uh, actually texted me about was the, the Jets. And, you know, the situation that's going on there with uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Uh, You said they held him out of practice the other day. So, I mean, I know that they chose, I believe they chose today not to practice uh, due to everything that's going on with the social injustice uh, for Jacob Blake. But just talk a little bit more about that uh, because I I didn't see the story, but I can only imagine. I mean, it's Adam Gay, so.
1: Man, if this guy gets another job. I'm gonna know something. He he got something on somebody that he can continue to stay in the league. This guy sat here and set out Le'Veon Bell, and he set Le'Veon Bell out saying Le'Veon has a, uh, I think it was a like a tight a tight quad or tight hamstring. Le'Veon Bell goes to Twitter and says, "I don't have a tight hamstring. I don't have a tight quad. Whatever it was. Hey, if I if anything's tight, it's for me just sitting in practice standing because." I, I I ain't getting no work in practice, and it's crazy for that. Le'Veon Bell has to, to at this point in his career has to go on Twitter and fight for himself to basically say like, "Look, I'm healthy. I don't have no issues." He's not he's not allowing me to get reps, and then like a day later, he says Le'Veon Bell is the most conditioned player on our team. How the hell is he conditioned if he ain't getting no reps? And you know what's funny? I texted you that, right? And by lunch, they traded for another running back.
0: Yeah. They t- <laughs>
1: they traded the Dolphins for uh for Caleb
0: Balaj. Uh, yeah, who was a guy that Adam Gaines had drafted while he was there.
1: <laughs> so here in the next day or so, we're gonna see Le'Veon Bell, not not day, maybe weeks, but soon. We're gonna see Le'Veon Bell get traded. Because I guess him and Adam Gaze is not getting along.
0: Well look, if they trade away Le'Veon Bell, they might as well just cancel the season.
1: They might as well cancel the
0: season now. I, nah, I won't say that because look. With with a running back like Le'Veon Bell, at least you can compete. You trade him away, you got Frank Gore, and then you got a bunch of other guys.
1: Let's let's get back to this then. So what are they going to do in their division? Absolutely nothing. Well,
0: they're going to play some games.
1: They're going to play some games, but they're not going to win games, right? I mean, the the, the Cam Newton-Julian Edelman connection is probably showing that they're going to win the division again.
0: Do you think that they win one division game? That's the question. The Jets? The Jets? No. So you don't think that they can beat the uh you don't think they can beat the Bills, not one game. No. You don't think they can beat the Patriots, not one game. No. And the other team that's in a division, Miami. Miami. You think they can beat the Dolphins one they, game?
1: They might be able to beat the Dolphins. Might. You forgot what the Dolphins had. The Dolphins was able to go out and get guys in free agency. They just got another draft pick to, to load their free agency again. I mean, their draft pick this year coming up because they traded a running back that I guess they're not going to use. Uh, they might even try to go get Le'Veon Bell in the in the waiver wire or some sort because if if Le'Veon gets cut, but they're not that good. They didn't get a good usage out of Le'Veon Bell last year. And it wasn't Le'Veon Bell's fault.
0: I'll say this. I just want to know, what do they do? Because I, I see Adam Gay is probably getting fired midseason.
1: I hope he does.
0: <laughs> <How> do you,
1: <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is arguably, I, I get it. He he set out a year. I get it. But Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, when, when healthy, when playing, Le'Veon Bell is a top five, maybe top ten back. <laughs> How do you not get a guy like Le'Veon Bell to perform at that top ten skill or, or the top ten level? And you you he he he's a walking talent. He can run, he can catch. There's nothing Le'Veon Bell can't do as a running back. He can block. He can block. He's probably, he's one of the versatile, most versatile versatile backs in this league.
0: Yeah, I mean, because my only thing is when I look at the Jets, like, if you're having these issues with Le'Veon, who was supposed to be the building block of of the organization, right, when they signed him. Yeah. Like, then who do you build? Are you building around Sam Darnold? Because if you yes. are, then you're doing a terrible job. They are. <laughs> I mean, there's L Mims, I hope it like he may be okay, but I don't know if it'll be enough. You know what I mean? Like Jamison Crowder is a good guy in the slot, but I've never heard no I've never heard anybody say, you know what, we're gonna build around our slot receiver. I've never once heard it.
1: Uh, that, that's
0: that's crazy. Uh I just, I, I. And they traded. He traded away or got rid of all of the the very good defensive players that they had that were not brought in or drafted by him. So I don't know. I I think it'd just be interesting to see though. Like this whole Jet. When you texted me about that this morning, like I was just I was really blown away. Like Adam Gaze, Like you you really can't afford to have issues with your best player.
1: No, you cannot. You can't. Uh, just quick before we get out of here, I want to touch on uh uh Joe Burrow. Shout out to Joe Burrow, man. Like, because you're a Buckeye fan, I mean you were you were a Buckeye, you were part of the Buckeye Nation, you will always be. You're a champion with LSU. I know I get
0: it. Did you see the iced out chain?
1: But shout out to him for that chain. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco say, that is my quarterback with the iced out chain. He spent 25000 on the chain. Iced out number nine.
0: Or as I like to call it, the, the iced out nine piece that he got.
1: Nice. Shout out to him, man. He's probably the only bingo I like. Outside of I like Joe Mixon and it was just because of what Joe Mixon
0: had to go to. But I mean, but a lot of that's why I got to translate on that field though. Like I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like I I like what Joe Burrow. I like you know what I mean. What he stands for. Like obviously, you, you did you see the tweet from him? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Tweet. You know. So you know, that was another reason they they
1: make me even give him another tip to hat. Like shout out to Joe Burrow.
0: Man. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big shout out to Joe Burrow. I, I like you know what I mean. I like Joe a lot, uh, but. Man, is do you do you think he is the, the rookie of the year? Early if you're early pick yes. for rookie of the year. Yes. I do. Do you think he's the best quarterback out of the class, yes. out of the guys who got drafted right right after him? 100%. Over to uh, over.
1: Yes. 100%. Justin Herbert. Yes. I did hear a noise that Herbert's looking pretty decent though. Uh But
0: yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, I mean I I like Herbert. I don't know how I mean, how sold I am on his decision making. I mean, obviously playing in a different system. But when he was in Oregon, man, like I was watching the uh, the what was it the Rose Bowl? Yeah, man, like he. I mean, they won the game, but in a, from a passing standpoint, I'm like, oh man, like he was able to rush for like 110 yards, but he threw for like 130. Yeah, yeah, I was like, ah, I'm <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little torn on that because his passing percentage was like under 50. Like, percent I'm like, for that, I'm not so, like, a guy can have a strong arm but not be able to make accurate passes. Jamarcus Russell, for example. Like, I understand people are like, oh, he's got a really big arm. So us Jamarcus Russell. Nice. You know, but I mean, he may have a different work ethic, and that's that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, so a lot of the other things translate to that. But, not, I mean, Joe Burrow, I like him, though. I, I do. I don't know if he'll be, I don't know if he'll be the best. Out of the quarterback class, but I definitely think he, I mean, that's the guy you, I ain't going to say you had to take number one because I still, I would have probably still taken Chase Young because I think think you can build a lot around Chase Young and I think uh, the Washington football team is about to prove that. Uh, I'm going to, I won't be looking forward to going up against him. Well, the Eagles, I won't be looking forward to him going up against the Eagles twice a year, but uh, my early pick for rookie of the year, Jerry Judy. Okay. I'm calling now. 800 800 yards receiving, five touchdowns receiving. I'll
1: I'll tell you this. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go even further and probably say, if, if barring an injury and just injury, I ain't saying nothing else. I think Joe Burrow might be one of the best quarterbacks the Bengals ever have.
0: I don't know how hard that it'll be to do though. I mean, I, you got, I get that. But <laughs> I, I'm just saying,
1: me not seeing anything else. Yeah. I think Joe Burrow will be probably the best quarterback the Bengals ever
0: had. The, yeah. I, I, we can go. We can, get,
1: we can take a deep dive next week on the podcast NFL wise. Um, or another quick shout out uh, or or quick quick thought was uh, Earl Thomas got got, got can um, had a fight uh, with the Baltimore Raven player and uh, they got rid of him. Um, Now it's three teams in three years, and uh, we'll see where he goes.
0: Um, Yeah, the Cowboys said that they will not be signing.
1: uh, Jerry Jones and his son came out and said that 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 report was false, um, that there's a possibility for anything, and they'll do their due diligence.
0: Okay, so do do you think that they will sign Earl Thomas?
1: I think they will eventually, yes. That defensive back core is needed help.
0: Well they better sign him before Philly.
1: Yeah, y'all just had a safety go down or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> ah Yeah We gonna take this division, baby. Shout it out. Oh
0: well, we we won't get on here and dwell on injuries. I mean that's that's not the, not injuries,
1: but just you know, the lack of talent there he is. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I mean, but this is what I will say. They count us out every year. We come back every year, so Cause we made the playoffs last year, right? then Eagles were in the playoffs over the Cowboys, okay.
1: And hey, this is episode seventeen. You know, trying to throw all that on. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah,
0: yeah so we w- we we'll dive into it next episode. Uh, obviously, uh, back here on Tunnel Vision Podcast, you can follow me, Mario Daramus, on Twitter at Mario Daramus. I'm Easy Five One Three, and you can follow Tunnel Vision Podcast at Tunnel Under Vision spot ah tunnel underscore viz underscore pod. i messed that all up but thank you everybody for listening definitely uh make sure you continue to listen tune in uh go back listen to past episodes tunnel vision podcast till next time i'm out
1: peace